right, good morning, everybody. How are you guys? Hey, uh, I want to invite James to come on up, uh, and I want him to, to just share a testimony, um, kind of a God encounter this morning, or really, I guess it happened this past week. You know, we were having uh, the prophetic equipping uh, training right after the church, and uh, it's going to be open to everybody. And um, so it's a mandatory meeting for you guys who are on the ministry and prophetic teams, but it's open for all you guys that feel like you want to grow in the prophetic, uh, that you want to join the teams, you want to be on the prophetic teams, the ministry teams. Um, we're going to have training specifically for you guys. Um, but like the prophetic is so important. You know, you guys have been in Morningstar long enough. Um, the prophetic really is everything. And I mean that because relationship is everything. And the, the prophetic is, is basically communication with the Lord and relationship with the Lord, right? So one of our mandates here at Morningstar is to equip people to be able to recognize when God's speaking to you. And... Uh, and that, in turn, will propel you into a, a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. Uh, and then also be able to, for God to use you to touch Wilmington while you guys are here. Um, so I just want to give James just a, a minute here to share this awesome kind of a prophetic encounter that he had this, this week. To just kind of give you guys a taste of what is available to all of us that we can walk in by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So thank you, James. Hey, so um, so the week started out with, like, God encounters all the time. Like, I walk around with this headset thinking that I'm seated with him, and, and I hear him. So, um, and that, I kind of try to filter that... Uh, that through what you know what I'm thinking and then looking for always looking for what's unusual what isn't me like it's just not me like that's not me um I was in the UPS store and like I just felt him well up inside of me and it was like that's him talking through me like it's he's in me so so anyway so getting to the story I was at uh I was at Lowe's, I was walking up and down the aisles, I was looking for, um, trying to do plumbing upstairs at, the, in, at, at our house, and, um, and I like walked past this couple, and they're like my age, maybe a little bit younger, and, uh, and I get like this really strong smell of like beef ravioli. Um, I know, right? It's like really weird, I'm like, like what? Like that's just not right. Like, all right, whatever. So I, so I like get to the end of the aisle, and like the Lord's like, go tell that woman what you smelt. And I'm like, what? No way. Like I'm not telling them that. <laughs> and so like I get to the, uh, I get to the end of the aisle. I start to turn the corner, and then I kind of smell it again, but not like really strong this time. So, so I'm like, really, Lord? Like, really? And and I, like, I'm stepping away, and there's no peace. But then as I move step backwards, I get peace. Go do it. So, I, so I'll walk over. I'm like, whatever. Like, 
So I'm like, hey, when you walked by me before, oh, so the smell I smelled was like, it was like Chef Boyardee ravioli, you know? <laughs> not like, not like really good ravioli, but like all of this stuff's going through my head. So like I'm thinking in my head, I don't want to make her feel really bad. Like I don't want to be like, you smell like, you know, Chef Boyardee. Um, so, and I think like the Lord's all right with that. He's like, you know, he's dealing with me, like how I am. So, so I, I just say, hey, when you walk by me, I had this, I had this smell enter my nostrils and it was like, um, it was like ravioli, like, like meat ravioli, like, like pasta. Um, and she like looks at me and her eyes start to fill up with tears and she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, I said something wrong. So I like panic and I like walk away. And, and I'm like, I'm really sorry. And sorry if I upset you and I just walk away. And then her husband comes and, tra and, and tracks me down and he says to me, um, so uh, yeah, what was that about? Like, yes, you know? And so I, I start to tell him. And, uh, and then he tells me that, then he tells me that, that three years ago, he had raised his, his son in the church. And three years ago, him and his, and his son and his, um, and his wife had an argument over dinner having meat raviolis and he got up and stormed out of the house and was killed in a car accident like two months later. And she has been wrestling in her heart with, will I see him again? And as, she's, as he's telling me this, I start to envision in my mind's eye, like the Lord and him at the table eating ravioli. And I just share it with her, with him. And, and he's like, He's like, you just lift this huge burden off of me and my wife, like this huge burden. All my hair was standing up. Like I felt the presence of the Lord come before when I'm praying for people for sickness. But the cool thing about the prophetic word is you, when you give a good prophetic word, when it's from the Lord and it's like rock solid, it affects you as much as it affects them. I felt, I felt invincible. I did. I just did. It just felt like it was just amazing. And so, and so that's the story. I mean, um, and then the whole week was, you know, I was at the store with, we were at the feed store with Jacob and he, uh, he prayed for some woman who had plantar fasciitis or something like that in her feet. She's like, my feet are always killing me, like, like hard to walk around the store, pain level eight, and then he, he lays his hands on her and all the pain leaves, and she's like in shock. She's like, what? Like, what was that? Um, yeah, it just was, it was great week, just great week. So yeah, that's it.
Awesome. Praise God. You know, it's important to give testimony to these, these times that the Lord's moving in our midst. You know, we've been praying, I mean, knocking, and we keep on knocking. We're asking, keep on asking, seeking, keep on seeking. That's what we've been doing because we want to see God move in this capacity in our midst, in Wilmington, and he is. So uh, it's, it's really important to just kind of give voice to when he is, to give praise when he's touching people. I mean, last week we had multiple people healed. by uh, Their hips were healed, and um, somebody else got touched. I can't remember. But somebody got, there's healings taking place here in our body. We need to give praise to God. We're, and, and even if it's just like a little headache, you know, God's healing. Oh, yeah, God was healing someone's shoulder last week. You know, and guess what? This is just a taste of what's coming. And um, now it's not, obviously, it's not about, oh, like, wow, this healing. I mean, it's, it's not about the wow factor. It's about the, the goodness of God manifesting in our midst for people to come to know and be reconciled to the Lord. And he does it through the power of his Holy Spirit. And, uh, man, there must be something going on in Lowe's or whatever, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, at, uh, I was at Lowe's, like, uh, about a month ago, I think, and uh, I'm just, I'm checking, I'm just checking out with uh, some stuff I bought, and, uh, and I just kept getting this sensing of this lady and uh, with like landscaping and business and and it was just like this slight impression and I was just like no Lord no I'm I just need to check out I just need to go you know uh, I got a lot of stuff to do today and I just kept and I and I just and I ignored it I pushed it off and I just like walked out and then I'm like I'm walking out of the parking lot and I just feel the Lord just saying like Paul trust me this is she needs to hear this so I was like okay Lord so I turn around and I went back in and I was just like. Hey, I know I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. You know, Lord, he loves you, and he just showed me that he wants to encourage you in your landscaping and your design of landscaping business and all this stuff, and she's just kind of like looking at me like deer in a headlight, and she said, wow, that's right on. I don't know about the Lord, but that was right on, you know, <laughs> and um, and and I was like, and I just began to minister to her. I just said, the Lord, he knows you, whether you know him or not. He loves you. And I guarantee, just that little simple word, that simple impression, she will not be able to forget that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's about. It's, it's those people that the Lord is thinking about that are, we run across every day. And if we just took a moment just to, to, to recognize that impression of him speaking to us for that person, we can see lives transformed. You know, like with James and that, uh, you know, that couple who were just like had that burden. The Lord's goodness, the Lord, when he sees his kids, he doesn't want them walking around with this heavy burden. But he loved that couple so much that he made James smell beef Chef Boyardee ravioli. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's the goodness of our God. He is such a good God. He is so good. And we have the privilege and the honor of distributing that goodness here on earth. And um, so, yeah, thank you, Lord. All right. 
So we're going to shift here. I, I really feel like uh, the Lord has kind of put uh, actually a series on my heart. Um, and maybe over the next couple of months, I kind of will go through this a little bit. But uh, I feel like the Lord wants to, to talk with us about the specific fact, whether you feel it or not, that we are seated with him in heavenly places and what that really means and what that practically even looks like. Because I'll be honest, it's like a very, we say it all the time. We're like, yeah, brother, we're seated in heavenly places. And we're like, what does that even really mean? <laughs> you know, like, so I feel like the Lord wants to break that down for us uh, in the next couple months or whatever. And, um, but let's pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. First and foremost, we just praise you, God, for moving in Wilmington, using little old us's, Lord, that you want to see your goodness distributed far and wide. That, Lord, there are your kids that you're longing for, that you are wanting to reconcile with. We just praise you, God. We pray for more opportunities to just be carriers of your goodness, carriers of your presence, carriers of your power. And Lord, I just pray that you just help us to be sensitive to, to what you're doing when we're at the grocery store, when we're at work or whatever, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you and we just, we're just asking for more. And Lord, I just pray you just speak through, uh, through me today. Help me, Lord. Uh, thank you for your word. I just pray you just open our hearts to what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name. All right. We're going to start, if you guys want to start, we're going to turn to Ephesians 2. And I'm going to start reading uh, verse 1. All right. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is, by the great, it is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. So really, I feel like the Lord wants to... to emphasize what that really looks like, that, that last verse we just read about being seated with him in heavenly places. And, um, you know, obviously, when Jesus, when he died on the cross and he paid for our sins, it not only paved the way for salvation for us, for us to become born again and, and to be saved, but it also moved us from a place of being dead in our sin to a place of being alive 
and that place that we were brought and we were raised with Christ is in the heavenly realms. That scripture is saying that we're literally seated with him in the spirit in heavenly realms. So right now, whether you feel it or not, if you're a born-again Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, right now you might be physically, your body might be physically here on earth, but your spirit man right now is seated in heavenly places with Christ right now. So you are actually in two places at one time. Right now. I don't care if you don't feel it. I don't care if your mind doesn't believe it. That is a fact right now. You are seated with him in heavenly places. That's awesome. If you really put your, wrap your head around this, and I really, I, we need the Holy Spirit to really give us revelation of what this actually practically looks like. But that just opens up all of heaven to us if we want it. And I really feel like um, this, is, it, this is such a, a, an important fact that will help us to live and to walk out our Christian life and also walk out our, our purpose that we have here on earth while we're still here and we're not with the Lord already is understanding that we're seated with him right now. So let's, let's kind of delve into this a little bit. So if we're raised with Christ, when, when Jesus, when he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, that power that rose him from the, bed, the dead, the same power when you were born again, rose your spirit man from the dead and seated you with him. Does that make sense? So... Let's look and see where we are seated, okay? What it actually looks like, okay? Let's turn to Ephesians 1, 17. So back up just a little bit. And we're going to start, so let's see. We're actually going to start in verse 8. Ephesians 1, verse 8. Now, actually, let's, let's fast forward. Let's go to 18. All right, it says, so this is the prayer that Paul's praying over the Ephesians church, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Okay, so where was Christ raised in the heavenly realms? Verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So where Christ is seated, that's where we're seated. So verse 21, it says, well, back in verse 20, it says, we're seated in the heavenly realms. 
far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that can be invoked. So I want to emphasize something on here. I want to emphasize the words far above. Those words are important here. Jesus just wasn't raised up just a little bit. So like here's like the enemy and like all his kingdom and everything. He wasn't just kind of like lifted just a little bit up and be like, ha, huh, see, I'm, I'm higher than you. This isn't like king of the mountain. I mean, it is far above all authority, all rule, all power, all dominion. That's where Jesus is seated right now. And if you are a born-again believer, that is where you're seated right now. Whether you believe it or not. I'm here to tell you, and I feel like the Lord wants to emphasize to you that you are seated in that place with him right now. You are seated far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that could be named. Not only in this present age, but in the one to come. What are the ramifications of that truth? What if we really believe that? I'll tell you one thing, we would stop scrapping with the enemy so much. We would stop focusing what, on what he's doing all the time because he would literally be like an ant from that perspective when we're seated with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in heavenly places and as the privilege of being a son and a daughter, not just hanging out with him, but actually ruling with him, that he's actually delegating authority to us, his sons and daughters, to see his will come on earth as it is in heaven. There is a reason why you are on earth right now, but yet you're in, in heaven right now too. There is still a reason why you're here on earth. And you're not up there in heaven with the great cloud of witnesses. This was his purpose all along. He wanted us to have, I don't know if that's dual citizenship or whatever you want to call it, but he wants us to be seated with him, yet standing here on earth, being a distributor of what he wants to do down here. Does that make sense? That's what James was doing at the Lowe's or wherever you were at. I can't, was it the Lowe's? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's right. Taking him at his word. So this is a reality for us, and that's why if you've been around Morningstar so much, we emphasize like getting people equipped to be able to do the work of the ministry. We're all called to be doing the work of the ministry. We have this ministry of reconciliation where we're distributors of the goodness of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to see people reconciled to himself. That's why we're still here. That's why he wants us to know that we're seated and we have an authority in heavenly places with him to see 
on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? All right. I think you guys got this. So we are raised with him. We are seated in him far above all the rule and authority, power and dominion. You know, Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he was just taking his position that he had before he left for heaven and became a little baby. He was already there before. But there was something different. First off, he, be, he was fully God, obviously. He's always been fully God, but this time he was fully man. And this time he brought us with him. So before, before the cross... Before the new covenant. Think about that. This was in the Trinity's plan the whole time. That we would eventually be redeemed and seated with him in heavenly places. Ruling with him. Partnering with him. It's awesome. All right. So he wants us to live from a higher place. He wants us to live from this reality, a practical life where we, were, we are living as sons and daughters seated with him in heavenly places. He wants us to take full advantage of being seated with him. And, um, and the three kind of things that he was highlighting me, we're only going to go over one of them today, and, and we'll just we'll move through, forward with the others. But there's three things that I feel like he really wants to highlight with this, whole, this fact, is he wants us, number one, he wants us to know him and his ways. Because out of everything, out of everything, everything comes out of that intimate, personal encounter, relationship with Jesus, everything. So you can't get more intimate than being seated with him in heavenly places or him living inside of your body. You know what I'm saying? So he wants us to know the benefits, the access that we have to him. Number two, he wants us to live from his perspective. He doesn't want you to live according to your perspective. He doesn't want you to live from an earthly perspective that all we see is what, what in the natural we're seeing right here. Because there is so much more. He wants us to have an even higher perspective, the perspective that he sees. You know, he sees everything. We're talking the past, the future, every single person's life. He sees and knows it all. He wants us to, to have that same perspective, to live at a higher place, to not just judge things and make decisions in our life based on what we're seeing in the natural, but to see things from the spirit, seated high above all rule and authority, if we live from that place, we will never be intimidated by the enemy. I'll tell you that right now. He who sits in heaven laughs when he sees the plans of the enemy. He laughs at them. He's like, Psh. he thinks he's going to get away with this. We're called to live from that perspective, to laugh along with him. <laughs> 
All right, number three, he wants us to live from a place of victory. That the battle has been won through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our King and Lord, and that we're going to live from this place of, of we have the ball, we're on the offense, and we're taking ground for him. All right, so number one, let's just talk about he wants us to know him in his ways. So obviously, one of the basic truths of the gospel is that our sin separated us from a relationship with, with God, right? And he longed for us to be reconciled with him because of his love for us, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. He longed for us to be an intimate, personal, one-on-one relationship. He longed for those walks that he had with Adam in the cool of the day. He longed to have that with, with us, with his runaway kids, basically. So that's this basic truth of the gospel is he longed for us to be in close relationship and for us to know him intimately, to know his thoughts, to know his ways, to know him who he really is. And you guys have heard me say this again and again, that we will never get to the bottom of knowing God, never. We will never exhaust the knowledge of God. We will spend eternity in heaven getting to know Jesus. And every time we get to see a glimpse of who God is, we'll be throwing crowns down saying, holy, 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 oh my gosh, you're awesome. There is nobody like you. You know, this isn't some kind of ritual that's going on in heaven. They're getting glimpses of who he really is. And they are being overwhelmed by the magnificence and the beauty of who Jesus is. And they can't do anything but worship. You know, a lot of times we use that scripture, you know, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. You know, when Jesus is, that Jesus is Lord, there isn't going to be, you know, when he comes back and every knee will bow and every tongue confess, believer, non-believer, there isn't going to be like kind of like a, uh, haphazard, well, I guess, yeah, he's Lord. I'm going to go ahead and kneel. And it, no, they are going to be like, what? They will fall on their face. We will fall on our face when we see him for who he really is. So to know, he wants us to know what's on his mind. He wants us to know his ways. You know, I'll be honest talking with believers about things and just hearing kind of weird ideas about God and stuff like that. We all have, we're all work in progress, but some of us, we don't really, we don't really believe that we can know God's ways and his thoughts. I've even had believers um, quote this scripture to, to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. You guys can turn if you want. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and it says, my thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, hear that, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and uh, my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay? 
So I've actually had Christians quote this to me when I'm seeking the will of God or I'm seeking God's perspective on something. They'll say, well, Paul, his ways are higher. They're higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We, we just, God's a mystery. We just can't know him. Are you hearing the, the error in that? I'm telling you right now, that's, a, that's the religious spirit speaking because he doesn't want you to know him. And he's going to put this barrier of like, oh, oh, I guess I can't know God's thoughts. I don't know what's going on in my life. I get, but, and I ask God, I just, and I don't get anything. I guess uh, we can't know his thoughts. We can't know his ways. Oh, well, I just keep blindly walking through this life. No, that is not our inheritance. That isn't the purpose of God. That scripture right there is, if you really read it literally, it is not saying that his ways are unattainable or unknowable. They're just saying they're higher. And if you catch what it was saying, it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, where are you seated right now? In heaven and on earth. So we have access to his thoughts, to his ways, by the Spirit. So they are attainable. You can know the will of God for your life. You can know the will of God in a situation. Is it sometimes fuzzy? Yes. Is it sometimes unclear? Yes. But if you don't give up, Scripture says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. I think we half-heartedly seek sometimes. <laughs> And like, oh, this is work. I gotta keep, I gotta knock and keep on knocking. Why can't I just ask the one time? Because that's not how God works. That's not his ways. We can go, that's a rabbit trail. I'm not gonna go there why he does that to us. But he's tricking us in a relationship. That's why he does it overall. He wants you to know him intimately, in reality, supernaturally. So he's really saying his, his ways are higher and, than our earthly, natural perspective and understanding. His ways, they, he thinks so different than us. But man, I want to know what he's thinking. I want to know what's on his heart. I want to know who's on his heart. I want to know what he's doing here on earth because I want to partner with him to see heaven on earth. And I know you guys do too. And just an example of like how his thoughts and are so different than ours. This is uh this is probably, gosh, it's maybe been, it's been a couple years. Heather knows this story. She's highly involved with it. But um, when we were in ministry school a while ago, we were living in Charlotte, and um, we got there. First off, we got to ministry school at Morningstar. Um, just the Lord just share, sharing his thoughts with us, sharing his, his heart with us. Like, Paul, go to Morningstar. And I didn't really know too much about Morningstar, but we were seeing Morningstar everywhere. We were living in Maryland at the time, and I was doing ministry at church up there, and, and we were seeing Morningstar. Heather, both of Heather and I were seeing it everywhere, and we're like, okay, God, all right, okay. We're, I mean, it was nonstop, and it was like we would just be in, like, complete disobedience if we had just stayed in Maryland. So we sold everything. We quit our jobs, 
and we headed down to, to Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and um, I remember Heather had her car, and she had her little pet turtles sloshing around the back of the seat, <laughs> and I was driving my car, and we're heading down there, and, um, and we were living, we didn't even have a place to stay, we had a place that crashed for the night. It was kind of crazy. And um, we were just like, all right, God, if this is you, you got to do this. And um, so he did. And so we eventually, we got an apartment. And uh, we got a job at Bilo. Anybody know what a Bilo is? Yeah. Grocery store, right? Yeah. Heather was wearing the hairnet in the deli section. <laughs> I make fun about that. And uh, I was behind the, the desk doing the counting stuff. And um, and we were making, gosh, seven-something an hour. <laughs> I mean, it was piddly. It was rough. And, um, and we still had all of our bills from Maryland. You know, we had cars. We, you know, we, were, we had good jobs in Maryland. And, um, and it came to a point where we were, uh, we were not paying our bills every month. We just didn't have enough money. And it's not like we were blowing our money and you know, buying stuff or eating out or whatever. We were looking in the, like the discount bin at Bilo, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, and it came to a point where we were, we were thousands of dollars in debt. We had creditors calling us and we're like, God, what in the world? What are you doing? And um, I was like, God, I, I want to be a man of integrity. I want to, if I say I'm going to pay a bill, I want to pay a bill on time. And God didn't really care about that for me. Because <laughs> we were not paying our bills on time. And we had creditors calling, talking about, you know, repossessing cars and stuff like that. And Heather and I were crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, what are you doing? And we got angry. I mean, I remember I was getting mad at God. I was like, God, you told us to come down here. Now you better provide. You know, I, and I was being, you know, being a little whiny brat to the Lord. And um, just, but guess what? God showed me that he can handle what was in my heart. He knew it was in my heart before I voiced it. You know, and uh, if anything, he, he wanted me to get real and to get honest. And, um, and he began to, like, challenge my trust. Who was I trusting in for this money? So was I trusting in Bilo? Because Bilo definitely wasn't going to help us make our bills, making $7 an hour or whatever we were doing. And uh, working part-time. We could only work part-time because we were in school full-time during the day. And we're doing a lot of ministry stuff on the weekends. And... Um, so we came down to it. I mean, we were just like, I was like, all right, Heather, we got to like, let's pray about this and see what he's doing because we're not doing it what we think is his ways and the right way to do it, you know? And so we prayed and, I, and um, we both felt like we were supposed to give. Now, I'm going to be honest. We had $80 to our name. It was in our checking account. We had $80 and then we had thousands of dollars of debt. And um, we weren't going to call our parents. We weren't going to call a friend. We, like, no, I was determined. I was like, Lord, you told us to come down here. You help us. And uh, so we prayed, and we felt like we were supposed to give. And we're like, okay, well, let's pray. Let's go seek the Lord. What does he want us to give? And we both got a number, and we both got $50. 
And at that point, it's like $50. It's like, well, what's that going to do anyway? <laughs> that was my faith at that time. So we did. We gave that $50. Okay. And I even remember looking down at this piece of paper here, and it said 50 times 100 is 5,000. It was on actually this medication or something that you had. I remember looking at it. I was like, all right, 50 times 100 is 5,000. So we gave the $50 to, you know, who we thought we were supposed to give it to. Uh, and I want to say a couple weeks later, it was a couple weeks, uh, on, now, no, nobody really knew our situation, okay, except the Lord. On Heather's birthday, uh, we checked the mail, and we had, it was like multiple checks, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a bunch of envelopes with multiple checks on it, in it. I mean, like, um, and they weren't, it wasn't birthday money, you know? It was like, there was money that this person, this ministry, felt like they were supposed to give to us from Maryland, and it wasn't uh, being routed right, you know? It was supposed to come to us, like, every month. But it all came, all at once, on Heather's birthday, our friends are taking us out to dinner. We go out to dinner. I get a phone call, and it's this, uh, this, this minister, this, uh, actually this church in Maryland, calling us saying, hey, we want to pay the rest of your tuition for the rest of the year at the, uh, the school of ministry. This all happened in one day. And of any day, it was Heather's birthday. It could have been any other day. Why did he choose Heather's birthday? None of it was, and we basically had got $5,000 in one day. It was like that thing where I saw it at five times 100 equals 5,000, or 50 times 100, right? I'm like, God, I don't understand you. <laughs> First off, I need money, and you're telling me to give money. Second off, like I give like a little dinky little bit amount of money, and you give me like a hundred times that, $5,000, and you do it on Heather's birthday, and you make us struggle, and you make us, like, sweat. Man, I was sweating. You know what I'm saying? It was past midnight. He, had, he, had, he waited. He, it wasn't the, the minute before midnight. It was weeks after midnight. You know what I'm saying? Months, actually, because we were, <laughs> credit were calling. I'm like, Lord, I don't understand you. I don't what? And he began to to unveil it to us. He began to show me his ways. He was, and he showed Heather and I both his ways. First off, he was showing Heather that he was a good father and that he takes care of his kids. On, and like that birthday thing, that's what the Lord was telling her. Second off, he, he was showing us hidden stuff in our heart that we had trust issues if you had asked me before we went to the school of ministry if I trusted God, I'd be like, hell yeah, we're going to school of ministry. We sold everything. We, I'm a man of faith. Now, when I got in the fire, man, I, man, those trust issues came up. And he was revealing them to me. And I began to repent. Lord, forgive me that I didn't trust you. You're a good father. See, he needed to get that stuff out of my heart. And because he's a good father, he knows the junk that's in our heart, that's in our soul. 
He, and he, he sees all those things that are hindering us from experiencing him and experiencing a full life, an abundant life, right? John 10, 10, he gave to give us abundant life. There are things in our lives that are hidden within us that we have no idea are there. And they're hindering us from walking in the fullness of God's calling on our lives. They're hindering you from walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit that you that is your inheritance to do. And he loves us so much that he's going to put us in the fire a little bit to reveal those things, to get them out. He wants to, that's that sanctification process. That's that working out our salvation with fear and trembling. He loves you so much. He wants to see you step into the fullness of your calling. Because he knows when you do that, you will have that awesome sense of accomplishment, awesome sense of purpose that he put in you when he created you. So I was learning his ways. <laughs> I'll be honest, during the time, I did not like his ways. Even now, I'm still, Lord, I don't, I don't like when you do that, but I do like it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this love-hate thing. Lord, get that stuff out of me that is hindering me from letting you flow through me even more powerfully, more effectively. Deal with that stuff. Bring it to the surface. I don't want to waste any more time. I don't want to pay bills and die and go to heaven. I want you to use this life as a song of worship to you as a song of gratitude for everything you've ever done, for the cross, for the resurrection, for being born again, for the privilege of being called a son. I, wanna, I want this life to be a song of gratitude to you. I don't want it wasted on silliness, paying bills, buying stuff. You know what I'm saying? This life is so short. That's one thing I talked to my dad. Um, one thing he tells me a lot. My dad's 80 years old now, and uh, he's preaching the gospel for the kingdom. And, um, and he tells me all the time, like, Paul, it, it went by so quick. And I mean, every time he, he tells me that, I'm just like, man, it kind of like puts eternity in perspective a little bit better. He's 80 years old. I'm only 40-something. I can't remember what I am. 40-something. <laughs> but it went by like a flash. Anyways, I don't know why I'm going down this road. This is for somebody. But coming back to this, we're going we're gonna to land this thing. We can know God's thoughts and his heart towards us. We can know him. You know, Moses proved this in Exodus 33, 13, one of my favorite prayers. It says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. So Moses' heart, when he was talking to God face to face, as a man speaks with his friend, was, Lord, I want to know your ways. Teach me how you do things. And then in Psalm 103, 7, it proves that we can know his ways. It says, he made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. We can know his ways. Moses had an inferior covenant 
We have such a greater covenant with, with Jesus and the, and the cross and the resurrection. This new covenant by his blood is so much greater than the, the covenant that Moses had, yet Moses knew his ways and would speak to him face to face as a man speaks with his friend. How much more so do we have that access and even more and we do. So the Lord, he wants to reveal his ways. He wants to show us who he really is. Jesus says in John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, and that might have been old covenant, but instead I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father. I have made known to you. We are now in the new covenant friends with him, and we can know his ways and know what's on his heart. We can know the Father's business. It is attainable. John 16, 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. See, Jesus, when he was sharing this with his disciples, he had so much more he wanted to give them, to tell them about. But they couldn't, they couldn't retain it. They couldn't grasp it at that point. They weren't born again yet. And I think that's why. But he said, but when the Spirit comes, he will reveal these things to you. So by the Holy Spirit, we can know the ways of God. Being seated with him in heavenly places, the Holy Spirit can reveal the wisdom and the revelation of God to us that we can know his ways, we can know him intimately. So by the Holy Spirit, we access this reality of being seated with him in heavenly realms. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, it says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love him. These things are, these things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. So it's like in 1 Corinthians 2, it's like Paul goes through this whole section here, and we don't have time to go through all of it, but he's saying He's almost refuting this same argument that God is unknowable. His ways are unknowable. You can't, he's just far above anything that we can think or imagine or whatever. We can know him. We can by the spirit. In verse 10, but he revealed these things to us by his spirit. Because the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except his own spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Here, and listen to this. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. For what reason? So that we may know and understand what God has freely given us. You know, that's one of the biggest jobs of God, Holy Spirit, is to show you what has been freely given to you through this new covenant, through the cross. And in order to do that, you've got to have an intimate relationship. You need to be accessing him through this spirit. I know I'm throwing a bunch of stuff at you guys, but I'm trying to land this thing. 
And then we move on down, if you want to keep on moving down. Verse 16, it says, Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Here's Paul's rebuttal. So Paul is quoting Isaiah 40, 13, and his rebuttal is, but we have the mind of Christ. Are you getting this? We have the mind of Christ. We can know the thoughts of, of God. We can. Because you've been given the mind of Christ in the new covenant. So Paul, he was quoting Isaiah 40, refuting this idea that God was unknowable, which the religious spirit will bring upon you at times that you can't know God. You can't get close to God. You can't have encounters with him. You can't have third heaven encounters. Only Bob Jones and Rick Joyner experienced that. You know what I mean? You can't walk and smell ravioli when you're at Lowe's. Only James walks in that thing. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lie from the pit of hell, and it's the religious spirit trying to steal your relationship and intimacy with the Lord. God wanted to be so close to you. So much so that he died a painful death for that reason, for us to know him. So when that religious spirit tries to separate us again by saying, you can't know God, you can't know his ways, they're unknowable, they're higher than your ways, man, we need to get out of that thinking. Because this thinking steals from the intimacy and closeness and relationship that Jesus made available for us by paying a high price on the cross. Man, if you get anything, get that today. Because you were made for intimate, personal encounter relationship with Jesus. That is your purpose. That is the purpose of every human being on this earth. Number one. All the other things are cool, but that is the number one thing. You were made for intimate relationship with Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else will fill that desire and that need that he put in you. Not ministry, not signs and wonders. I love all those things, but I'm not going to seek those things first because even those will be empty if you don't have this. All right. First John 2, 27, and for you, the anointing which you have received from him remains in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you about all things. Repeat that after me. All things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you remain in him. All right. Now, this, this scripture can be tricky because then you guys could say, well, Paul, why are we listening to you teach about this stuff if we don't need a teacher? <laughs> All right, remember, the sum of God's word is truth. So obviously, if he gave a five-fold ministry uh, for a teacher to be one of those, we need teachers. But what the scripture is saying is that you have access to the teacher, the anointing, the Holy Spirit within you. You can know him. You don't need a mediator anymore. There's no mediator between God and man except Christ Jesus. You can know him intimately. All right, I think I've drilled this down 
But there's a reason why I feel like I'm supposed to go through all these scriptures back to back to back because his word is truth. And, and we have these ideas and these thoughts that, the, that we've been taught over the years and even the enemy reinforces that sometimes it's gotten just stuck in our head and we don't even know we're thinking, oh, I can't know God. Nobody really will, you know, if you ask a believer, hey, can you know God? Well, yeah, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, you know, but are they really knowing God or do they just know a lot of stuff about him? All right. All right, so what do we do here? We get, we get into the spirit. You guys can know the thoughts of God. You can know his ways because you're seated with him in heavenly places. We can access the mind of God because we are with him in heavenly places and you have the mind of Christ. So what we do, this is the practical, practical part here. We get into the spirit. Okay, Paul, that's nice. How do you get in the spirit? Believe, number one, believe, believe. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. This is number one. If you don't get this part, you won't get anything else. Believe. Just believe. He said that you have access to him because of the blood of the cross. The same faith that you put in him when you got born again, the same faith to believe what he says about this, that you're seated with him in heavenly places. Right now, whether you feel it or not, because most of you guys, we're not feeling, I'm not necessarily feeling in heavenly places. But I know I am. I'm there. I believe it. So take him at his word. Take him at his word that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Number two, worship. How do we get in the spirit? Worship. John 4, 3, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So there's something about worship. When we get together or you're in your bedroom with your guitar or you got the worship music and you're screaming really loud in your car, you know, you're going after it. There's something about getting in the spirit. You are practically getting into the spirit. You're practically reinforcing the idea that you're with him in heavenly places. You're seated with him. I don't understand all the dynamics about it, and we don't have time to get into uh, all the details about worship. But there's something about worship that gets our spirit it, a lot, it like awakens our spirit over our thoughts and our emotions. I remember at, at uh, UMBC when I was going to school, I was in the gospel choir. I was like the only white dude in the place. <laughs> now it was me and my roommate, I think. We were two white guys in there. And I was like, man, I'm going to, if I can get credit for this, I'm going to get credit for praising God or worshiping, you know, because it was a class. And I remember I would go in there and I'd be having a rough day or whatever. I'd just be like, man, I don't feel like doing this. You know, and just being real with you guys, you know, I don't feel like singing today, you know. And we get in uh, and we get up there and they do the warm-ups. And then we start singing this song. And I'm telling you what, it, 
And you guys have seen like gospel choirs before. I mean, they sing. I mean, loud. The loudest singers I've ever heard. And maybe that's why I'm a loud singer. I don't know. But <laughs> the kids, uh, kids cringe sometimes when I'm singing loud. But there was something that, that happened that switched when I, we were just like, I just made a conscious decision. I'm, well, we have to sing because this is our class, and I'm supposed to sing my part of this song. There's something switches when I began to sing God, when I opened my mouth and I actually sang words. I know that sounds simple, but a lot of us, we just kind of sit there and worship. We're like, well, I'm just going to listen here. I'm worshiping. There's something that happens when you open your mouth and you sing the words. Something in the spirit takes place. You access heaven in that place because he said that we worship in spirit and in truth because God is a spirit. So we have to worship him in spirit. So when we pray, when we praise him and we worship him, whether we feel it or not, because I didn't feel it many times when I went in there. I'll tell you one thing. After I stopped praying, praising God, I was like, I felt it. I was in a different place. I was in the spirit. And guess what? God's, his voice became more clear. His will became more clear. His cl- the reality of him being so close that he's living inside of me became even more clear because I would actually physically feel his presence on me, in me. All right. Number three here, pray in the spirit. Jude one twenty. but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, I, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit in the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will pray also intelligently. That's funny. With my mind and understanding, I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that's within me, but I also sing intelligently with my mind and understanding also. When we pray in the Spirit, you are directly accessing. That is why I love, I'm so grateful for the gift of tongues. Because it's like instantly, boom, I'm accessing my Spirit and Holy Spirit. I'm in the Spirit when I'm praying in the Spirit or if I'm singing in the Spirit. And things slowly become clearer and clearer. I don't know about you guys. I remember... Uh, there, there's been a period of times where I just felt like the Lord said, pray in the spirit and don't stop until clarity comes. And I would pray. And it was, sometimes it'd be like 45 minutes. I'm praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden, like clarity comes. My mind calms down. It's not racing and thinking about all kinds of silly stuff. I got to take out the trash. I got to do my, uh, you know, all that stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm beginning to like sense God's presence. I begin to hear what's on his heart. I begin to, sen- I begin to hear who's on his heart. You know, God has people on his heart. That's what's on his heart most of the time is people. All right. And the other thing, everybody likes this one, fasting. <laughs> fasting, you can practically 
get into this spirit by by fasting. And we, we should probably do some teaching on fasting here um, because I, I think it's it's an important discipline that we do. Um, but it's that denying of the flesh and allowing your spirit man within you to stand up, basically, to be in charge. So these are just all tools that we can access the thoughts of God. That we can know the unknowable God. He is knowable. So thank you, Lord. So let's let's pray. And I feel like um, I feel like there's some some ministry that uh, the Lord wants to do this morning. Let's pray, Lord. I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for this reality, this truth that we are seated with you in heavenly places, that we have access to your thoughts. We have access to your ways. We can know you. And I'm praying that glorious Father, you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know you and that we would have this reality check of us. We are seated with you in heavenly places. In Jesus' name.